hey, Peter, so they recorded one without you and without me, right? It was just Vicar, Burns, yeah. and Berg, yeah. So you know how on DVDs they have, like, the director's cut? Where they add comments? Oh, like, like the Snyder cut? Oh, you mean like a commentary? Yeah, yeah. So this is my idea. So why don't we add commentary to the one that they already did? See if they find out or notice. Oh, they don't even listen. They're not going to notice. They're not going to know. They're not going to know. Will they? I. This is probably the stupidest thing we could, we could come up with. And I love it. Let's do it. Recorded live at Tox and Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. All, All right. right, so we're gonna we're gonna well, what do what we do? So we're just gonna play the podcast that they recorded last, and then we're gonna do a commentary over their podcast. That is exactly right. We're gonna kick it up a notch. That's what we're gonna do. Kick it up because we haven't heard so, them. We don't know what happens in this episode. That's true. We haven't listened. This to is this. a cold listen for us. So this is our live reaction and commentary to the podcast that Berg and Burns and Vicker already recorded so 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 why are we doing it though what what are we, what are we what's the uh driving force behind why why are we making this comment because i want to make sure our podcast is adhd friendly <laughs> adhd friendly yeah that's right pizzazz mm. pizzazz because we, the thing is we make sure that we're not just any other podcast <laughs> what are you saying i don't know <laughs> We're making it worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, we we got to muddle the muddle the quality just a little bit down so we're a a, a normal or not a normal podcast, right? If we, <laughs> the last podcast had too much content, we're, we we can't handle, you know, we've got we got uh, <laughs> too much normal podcast talk. We got to bring it down, right? Right. So, listener, if you listen, okay, and you hear Peter's voice or my voice, this is our commentary. We might interject. We might stop it. We might add music when we see fit. We could do whatever we want because Peter is the producer. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. I, I don't know what to expect. All right, well, you want to get into it? Let's get into it. All right, let's play it. Recorded live at Tox and Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. All right. From the Tox and Tasting Studios, this is Clerical Errors, the show that shows you what's behind the collar. I'm Berg. I'm Burns. And I'm Vicker. And Peter couldn't stay with us. He had to do something called sleep, uh, which is ridiculous, but we'll forgive him this time. So, how's everyone doing? I'm good. Life is good. Yeah. Living the dream. Living the dream. Making the millions. Making the millions. That's right. All right. All right I'm going to pause so. a second. By the way, the funny thing about pastors doing a podcast is pastors can actually be kind of awkward with small talk. <laughs> All right. What do you mean by that? I mean, I don't know. I keep going. <laughs> 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 I don't know if this is going to work out. <laughs> it doesn't matter. All right. I'm playing it now. 
Uh, we really have nothing to drink here. I should have had Burns bring some bourbon or something because you're kind of a bourbon aficionado, right? Uh, it's scotch. Oh, good. Scotch. Uh, you're way better than I thought you were. Scotch and, uh, you know, beer. So are you are, beer or scotch? No, no, no. Well, they're two different things. Yes, they're, of course. They're completely, I mean... Um, my, my... So you don't make Boilermaker? <laughs> yes, no. beer and scotch are okay. two different things, no. yes. <laughs> but, uh, you, you know, Good you call. and I have not gone to Lake Time in a while. I know. I got, like, sushi there from a food truck. It That's was right. awesome. That's right. I know. And uh, we should probably... Sushi should probably from a food truck. Um, that's something. <laughs> so great. favorite region for scotch? Um, Scotland? I don't know. I, I like the Highland stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Really? Yeah. So yeah. tell me more about that. I, I don't. I don't. I, okay. So I'm not an aficionado. You've been to Scotland. You can tell me the regions a lot better. I here am buying scotch here in America. You tell me. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, Highlands are are okay. Uh, they've got a nice floral <laughs> smell to them. Um, Spaceside, I think, is far superior. Okay. Uh, because of kind of the, is, the is apple-ish. The, okay. Uh, Abelauer, for example. Okay. Um, but even better than that are the Islands and Isla. Yeah. Just. And see, and I've only had a, I've only had a couple of those. Um, I liked them. Liked them. Fun. Hey, Peter, can you do me a favor? We. Yeah. Uh, while he's while Berg is talking about the 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 Scotch, is there like some sort of a snooty music we can play like whenever he talks? <laughs> <laughs> just, just every time he's right. Yeah, every time he's talking about scotch, like <laughs> sure, I'll see what I can do. All right, mm-hmm. like them all. Yeah, yeah. So, Vicar. Yeah, I'm not Scottish, so I really don't know anything about this. <laughs> do you drink any sort of uh, alcoholic beverages at all? Not really. I know you said really, yeah. you said you weren't a Garrison Keeler Lutheran when yeah. you said you didn't like beer. So, yeah. I, I spent too much time assisting my father pulling drunk drivers out of ditches. Uh-huh. It, the the popularity of it kind of faded for me. So wine? Yeah, I'd, I've got small kids at home. I don't really think about it enough. Mm. And it's not in the budget yet. Yeah, that is true. Are, are, are you still making your mead? Yes, I am. Is your basement still filled with mead? Uh, not as full as I would like it to be. Um, having a child kind of slows down some right. of my enterprises, but yeah, that's yeah. the way it goes. So I'm still planning to have some of these bottles around like 30 years from now. Okay. If God ever uh, grants me a chance to kind of take a step back from the, you know, from the ministry. So things right. to look forward to. Yeah. yeah. So, so what is Berg going to do in his retirement? Hmm. What is Berg going to do? Berg's not going to retire. You know, you think he's just gonna keep going until he croaks? I don't. I think so. I think, like, although he does like his leisure, but he the thing is, like, I I don't know how he does it, but he fits in all of his leisure as a pastor already. Like all the stuff he reads and watches and well, he and consumes it fast, and he only has to like read or watch something once. That's true. That's true. But he knows but like way like, more about video games than I do. Yeah, he plays video games. You know, I'm I'm constantly surprised. He'll be we'll be talking pre podcast. He'll go, "Oh yeah, I was playing this game yesterday," and I'm like, "Whoa, you're not only are you way more learned than I am, you also have more video game knowledge. What is going on?" <laughs> All right, here we go. So, all right, Vicar, what is the text for today? Today is a day of celebration, isn't it? Yes, it is. Be 
July 4th. It'll be July 4th. Yeah. But lots of fireworks. Because, you know, we don't celebrate these civic holidays in the church. What yeah, are no. we celebrating today? This would be the calling of the disciples. All right. What is yeah. our gospel reading? All right, it's Luke 5, 1 to 11. Would you like me to read the whole thing? Please. All right. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and the nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats, so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. All right. So, uh, you know me, I'm all about the catechism. And so, what sort of um, parts of the catechism can go... I'm going to pause it for a second, this, Pete. Uh, uh, you know, when I listened to the last one, I thought to myself, I wonder if this is the podcast that Berg secretly wants to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, like this is the like he can't get away with it with you around. Like, yeah, I don't you know what I mean? Like a little more serious. You know, like he, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like he really like to his own devices. And and I, I could see it, but I think it's different too. Like he uh, he really when, when you're when you're here, you are pretty solidly the host. And I, I feel like he's, in the last one and in this one, he feels like he's the host. Mm-hmm. So he has to stay he, on track. And he, 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 I noticed in the last one, he did a lot more preparation for the text and stuff. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Uh, what could you preach on, Vicar? Because I'm sure you'll be preaching on one of these texts. Is he going to be giving me this one? I don't, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> All right, you hear that breath? Vicar literally doesn't know if he's going to preach on this text yet. He doesn't know until I get back from vacation. <laughs> and he is preaching oh. on the text. <laughs> but Peter... So he's maybe done a little bit of work on right. it, right? But. <laughs> I want you to... <laughs> that breath that Vicar takes, I want you to... I'm going to play this again, makes me... <laughs> make brings me joy. Now, I want you to, to amplify this sigh, okay? I'm going to go back just a little bit. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, what could you preach on, Vicar? Because I'm sure you'll be preaching on one of these texts. Is he going to be giving me this one? I don't, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so I, wa- I want you to, whatever we, we, I want to laugh, just amplify that. Are you preachers? I don't know. Then amplify that. Uh. <laughs> You want me to send that audio clip later to you? You can set that as your ringtone or something for your phone. <laughs> yeah, just amplify the. Uh. <laughs> just walk in, walk in. Like he's he's trying to work on his last sermon or something. Just walk in and play that little sigh on your phone. <laughs>
I mean, I've always liked in this story how, you know, Peter's kind of that professional where it's like, you know, we've done this, we've, we've been doing this all night, we know what we're doing, but sure, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do what you say just to show that it doesn't work. But, you know, he does follow, he does obey, and I, I can see some fourth commandment in this just all throughout. The people who are there who are willing to listen and to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, Peter and James and John who immediately see Jesus, you know, not only as a great teacher, and that's why they're willing to even loan the boat, but that they stop and they follow him. They change careers because of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a. I mean, I can see some first article in this as well, very easily. God providing, because they leave their business. They, you know, their the business that their parents and their grandparents probably had done. Mm-hmm. Because they know that whatever is going to happen. Okay, Peter, do you think Berg's paying attention there? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm more worried about whether Burns is paying attention. Okay. Has he said anything yet? No. 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 Because <laughs> I know, I, I'm guessing, what do you think uh, Berg's going to bring out from the, is he going to talk about the Holy Spirit? What is Berg going to... He was, he was really talking up the catechism. He wants to go catechism. Right. So the third uh, article of the creed on the Holy Spirit, that's my guess. Could what, be. What, or maybe something about vocation? Or the first article that he is a god of creation? That's, that's one of those two I think Berg's going to go. Uh, by the way, one more thing. Uh, you, uh, I, we're, we're, we're recording this, uh, and I'm watching you right now on, on the webcam, and uh, I can tell just how hard you're trying to focus and do this. <laughs> I can tell from your body language that you're having trouble because you're not participating actively in this discussion. <laughs> you are having trouble sitting still and listening. I just want to say that your your effort is going is not going uh, unappreciated. We got this, Peter. Uh, you're my son. We're gonna get through this. <laughs> I hope they still talk to us. All right, here we go. <laughs> they won't listen to this. God's in control. God will provide. Mm-hmm. And you know, at the end, especially, do not be afraid. For now, you'll be catching men. By the way, which is funny, let's talk about fishing, right? Mm-hmm. Vicar's fishing right now. <laughs> he, he's fishing. <laughs> Come on, somebody yeah. say something else. I, I, I wasn't in the room, but I imagine he's, while he's saying these, he's looking at Berg, waiting, like throwing out ideas, waiting for Berg to give him the nod of approval. Like, nope, you haven't hit that one yet. Yeah. Nope. I'm so waiting for you to hit the one I wanted to talk about. <laughs> you haven't said it yet. Keep going. <laughs> All right, here we go. You know, it's. It's the preaching ministry. Which is which part of the catechism? It would be confession and absolution. And Very also? clearly. Grill and vicar. Yeah, the baptism, Lord's Supper. Third article. Yeah, third article. It's <laughs> Which part isn't it? Mm. Seventh commandment. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So, Burns, your turn. Real talk. Uh, you know, I think you're, um, you know... Peter says here, at your word, right? Roll we'll it down your nuts. And, and I think here, you know, again, um, you know, you go to, um, you know, who is who is this Jesus? In you know, who is this man? You know, this is God in the flesh, and His word is efficacious and it is powerful. Uh, and His word brings about the great catch of the fish, right? And so you, know, you talk about the the office of the ministry, uh, the preaching of the word, um, and it's it's uh, it's the word that is accomplishing. Um, all of these things, whether it be the, the great catch of fish, it's the word of Jesus doing it, 
Um, it's also the word of Jesus then that um, is calling, gathering, and enlightening, sanctifying, keeping the whole Christian church right? Third article uh, with Jesus it. Christ in the one true faith. Good call. Okay. Third article that you, that you mentioned here. Um, so I think, you know, uh, and, and this for, for, I think this is a great comfort then for us as pastors um, that, uh, uh, you know, what, what is it that we're supposed to be preaching about or, or what is it that we're supposed to be preaching? Uh, not just about, but what are we to be preaching? We're preaching the word of God, right? And the word will be, the word will do what it's sent to do. Uh, it will accomplish that which it is given to accomplish. Uh, and then it's a great comfort then to, to our hearers um, that, um, uh, you know, that, that word that they are receiving um, actually does what it says. The, the, the word of absolution actually forgives sins. Um, the, the word of Jesus uh, actually brings to them um, his true body and blood uh, in with and under the bread and wine uh, for the forgiveness of sins. All right, so I don't know about you because you're the one that always says it, but he started talking about what the word does and how it does what it says it does. And I just get, every time I hear something like that, I get flashbacks to confirmation because oh, well, that is like, one of your catchphrases in uh, in uh, you know the Lutheran teaching is it does what it says it does. Mm-hmm. The word does what it says it does. <laughs> the well, other the other one probably being all theology is Christology. There you go. I think those are like your two catchphrases. By by the way, uh, just for my own uh, pleasure, because the opposite of a rapper in life of a hip hop artist is Burns. And so when he does this uh, little monologue on the text, Peter, uh, could you please put a real talk? <laughs> All right, sure. We'll throw the real talk in right now. Yeah. Do it. Do it like up to. So throw the, and then when we stop to say your thing, stop the real talk. And then when he starts up again, Sure. Do you? I kind of like. So here's the thing, right? It's just gonna throw a real talk, and the listener's not gonna know what they're talking about until just now. Okay. So we can we can either do it right now and have it still be funny, or we can have a an aha moment right now where we go, "Oh, that's why they did it." Well, I, I here's the thing. I think why are they doing that? And then we'll stop it, and I'll say, "Add it." Okay. And then it'll make sense. It'll be like Back to the Future. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and also then, um, you know, I think I think one could focus here on Peter's reaction um, to the miracle. Uh, Depart from me, uh, for I am a, a sinful man. Um, uh, you know, on the one hand, I mean, he what he confesses is absolutely right, right? I mean, the, it, it drives him to uh, to repentance and confession. The desire for Jesus to depart is misplaced. Um, you know, for, for Jesus to depart would be, uh, you know, to uh, to walk away from what he needs most in the forgiveness of sin. Uh, and when Jesus then says to him, "Don't be afraid," you know, I mean, here you have uh, here you have an absolute word, right? right? Here you have uh, uh, Jesus putting aside, uh, removing his sin, uh, and, and taking him out of it, and then making him, um, you know, the fisher of men, uh, as people like to say, right? That 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 he is from now on going to be. Uh, a preacher of the word of God, which is going to do what it does. It's going to gather the elect. Yeah, I and I think too, it's, this is a great text for July 4th because it gives you an opportunity to preach on the distinction between the, the civil estate and the ecclesiastical estate and how very different they are. That uh, 
here people are pressing to hear the word of God, right? That that the power of the uh, the ministry is in that word that you talked about earlier. Um, that is how we, you know, that is how God through us rules his church, is through his word. Um, and not through uh, filthy lucre, because they leave everything that they have, mm-hmm. uh, even though that this is not a command, of course, for us. I pause that. Filthy lucre is awesome. We don't use hey, filthy I'm, lucre enough. I'm not aware of that one. What does that mean? Uh, it means that uh, uh, it's a way of talking about uh, money and wealth in a pejorative way. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, we take no vows of poverty. Uh, and, in, and in fact, they couldn't have left everything that they had because Peter still has a house in Capernaum, right? Right. right. Uh, for his mother-in-law. So... Um, but it's but it's interesting here is that uh, once again we see that it is the word that drives the uh, the ecclesiastical office, uh, and that a man can labor and toil all night in that office, and yet without the word of God uh, he accomplishes nothing. Right, uh, which is a chastisement to us, we who uh, uh, work so very hard, uh, as if the church depends upon our work and our toil. Um, this is uh, one great critique that I, I got from uh, the contemplative pastor. I don't know if you've ever read that mm-hmm. book. I think it's by Eugene Peterson. He's also a reformed speaker and preacher. He says, and I thought this was great, the busy pastor is either a coward because he's letting other people dictate his schedule or he's an idolater because he puts himself in the place of God. And I think that is a uh, an apt way of talking about it. Right. That uh, we are not absolutely necessary. You know, we are ordinarily uh, necessary. Right. God uses us as His tools, but that can very easily slip into some sort of self idolatry. That well, if Hot I'm not here, or if I don't go, what was that? Hot. We're tools. You know, if I go on vacation and I'm not here, then the whole thing is going to fall apart. No, it's not. Right. Like, trust that God is actually going to preserve his church. Right. That's right. I had a, uh, a, a uh, seasoned pastor uh, in my first circuit when I was in my first parish. Uh, he retired shortly after I got there. Uh, he came and visited me one day, and I was, I don't know, struggling with something. And uh, he said to me, he goes, I'm going to tell you something that, a, that a, a Roman Catholic priest told me when I was working in a, I think he was in a hospital or something. And he said, uh, he said, uh, there is a Messiah, and you ain't it, right? That is and, awesome. And uh, I think that's really helpful, right? That that there is a Messiah. Um, you know, we're we're to proclaim him. We're to, we're to we're to preach his word, but we're not the Messiah. And anytime we start thinking that we are, we're we're in gross idolatry, right? And mm-hmm. that, and that leads to all sorts of problems, right? So we're you're right. This, this is a chastisement of of all of us, and you know we need to daily repent of it. And also, you know, of course, there like you said, the comfort. There's, there's great comfort in this. Absolutely. And how very different this sort of, um, this office is from the office of the, of, of the civil, the, the civil magistrate, that uh, there's nothing here about protecting bodies. There's nothing here about um, independence. There's nothing here about um, any of those sort of things. The only weapon that the preacher has is the word. But that really is the only weapon that actually matters. That's right. Right. And um, like we talked about last episode, um, we don't actually sharpen our sword. <laughs> we're like 
we're we're like uh, soldiers in the barracks who leave the barracks without you know without enough bullets, right? And this is uh, this is something that we ought to recover because, well, and just all over, you know, there's always the temptation to trust in something other than the Word of God. Well, if I just have the right method, or if we just have the right music, or if we just have the right tact, or if we just have the right etiquette, or if we just do this or do that, or no, none of that stuff actually changes anything. It's all toil and vanity. Yeah. And uh, that's the great thing is so you preach the word in season and out of season, and it's wonderful. And that takes us back to uh, to drinking beer, right? Uh, preach the word and then uh, go have a beer. Kick, kick back with with Luther and have a little bit of Wittenberg beer and let the word accomplish. So yeah. I so <laughs> I ho- so I hope that every pastor is uh, drinking a beer after service today, uh, not only in celebration of the Fourth of July, but also uh, in celebration of the efficacy of the Word of God, which we we should honestly have a beer here. after. Um, very good discussion, by the way, um, that they're having. I just want to point out, I feel bad for Vicar because he's already explained. That he doesn't drink alcohol. <laughs> You're right. Every pastor. Every pastor. Every pastor. <laughs> every time we preach a sermon, it would be awesome because we should celebrate it. Maybe at you know I'm I'm serving after, a, after, I'm after serving a service, vacancy, yeah. so maybe after <laughs> after the second service, right? Oh. So you're gonna do the Stone Cold Steve Austin thing, you know? So no. you so you do two beers at once? No, no. no. Oh, you had two sermons. I, I mean, but but see, that's <laughs> you can only do that with cheap American beer, not not, not good beer. That's right? true. You do have good taste, so I uh, I I applaud you for that. That the peanut butter porter would not be a good beer to slam. Right? I mean, no, that, that would that, that would, would be, be bad. well, that would be such a waste. And it would be a waste, oh. right? That's you you and I can agree on that one. I mean, but. just just for the you know, like like the Word of God. This stuff is precious, That's and right. it needs to be enjoyed and That's savored. Right. Right. So, uh, uh, Peter, true. that will need uh, some more uh, hoity-toity music. <laughs> Man, you got it. I believe you. So, all right, so getting on to our top 12 list. Peter, play the intro. Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. Come on, Berg. That's, is that? <sighs> Peter, play the intro. We've been through this. <laughs> It needs more umph. Yes, it needs more. It needs to be uh, Millerized. All right, so uh, not the last time I was on here, but the time before, um, I was getting razzed a little bit. Uh, this is Berg when you weren't here uh, about my my choice in phones. All right. And um, if if you listen to that podcast, I mentioned I have a light phone. Okay. And. Uh, uh, Boy, that is a lot. I, that is small. I, yeah, I like that. And all it. So, is this just a thing with people who have a light phone that they have to be evangelists for the light phone? It's kind of like me when I read a book. He's been on two podcasts. Well, two days, I guess. He's been <laughs> on two podcasts, and he's talked about his phone in both of them. Well, I brought it up last time. I think. He, okay. Okay. Does, yeah. but does he does he t- does he bring it up pretty often in like casual conversation? No, hang on, no. hang on. Let me text you. Oh wait, my phone doesn't do that. Ha ha. Not like when I read a book and I make sure everybody knows that I read a book. Right, right. <laughs> like you have to make it a, a like a whole segment almost in a podcast. Like you have to talk about it. All right. Anyway, here we go. Does Berg is calls and texts 
Um, it's not a smartphone. There's no camera. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no Siri or anything else like that. Um, you can get podcasts, so you can listen to Clerical Errors on it. Uh, you can you can put music on it if you so choose. Um, but uh, it is it is not a smartphone. It will never have social media. The company says never have a camera, never have any of these sorts of things. So I was getting razzed a little bit. Man, I'm and, liking this phone. And, uh, this so, is awesome. Uh, I, I did convince one other uh, pastor in our in our district. Uh, who now also has a light phone. Really? And I don't know if I should name names or not. Maybe you wouldn't like that. But uh, uh, a, a very good pastor in our district. He's, he's gone that, that way. And there might be another one, too. Uh, I'm not sure. But So I came up with uh, the top 12 reasons to ditch your smartphone. Nice. Okay? I'm, I'm looking forward to this. So number 12. Number 12. Uh, we look stupid staring at our palms. And I, and I guess this is this could be true of, of, of any phone. I guess it could be true with, with the light phone. Um the light phone is in te- light phone is intentionally um, not slick like a like a, a smartphone. In other words, when you're texting, uh, you actually have to like be very intentional with with how you're typing things in, which mm-hmm. forces you to be short and to you know t- to not be like spending a whole bunch of time on it. That that's the point of this phone, right? I'm going to get to that in a little bit. Um, but how often do you? Uh, do, do you look around, and maybe this is because I do too much people watching when I'm out and about, but everybody's walking around staring at their palm uh, or this, this device in their palm, and they're not actually looking around them. And, and it looks ridiculous. Somebody did a, a photo thing uh, a while back where they removed the phones from pictures of people staring at their phones, and it just looks ridiculous. But just a point of commentary. So is it ridiculous walking around with a flip phone? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah, and like if anybody ever sees you text, right? Like I bet you he texts with like a pointer finger, right? <laughs> like I bet he types with just his pointer finger. Yeah. Like like and he's he trying to he's little, trying like, to get Scotty to beam him up, you know? He's he like does he's that little lip up. smack. He does that little lip smack before each letter the <laughs> Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Right? We're just staring at our hand. We're contemplating I mean, our good palm. Points, Peter. See, right? see, eighth commandment. I'm just, I'm just thinking that they're all preparing for Hamlet, and they've got, <laughs> and they're pretending that their phone is Yorick's skull. Well, and you know, oh, there, there'd be a photo manipulation to do. <laughs> they, like Anna. go to a college campus, and there's all these, you know, kids sitting there with their and staring at their phones to just replace the phone with a skull. Yeah. Alas, poor Siri. I knew her well. <laughs> Number eleven. Let's be honest. Smartphones have made us really lazy. Ah, uh, man. Right? Um, you know, whether it whether it be just like even trying to, to research something um, or uh, just sitting around. Mm-hmm. Instead of getting out and doing things, moving, you know, accomplishing tasks, we sit there and we mindlessly scroll. Now, you can do this on your so computer, are you, So too. are you talking physical laziness or are you talking mental laziness yes. or both? Yes. Both. Good. Really, when I when I thought about this, it was physical laziness, but but mental laziness uh, is right there. Like both both things um, that that we just we mindlessly scroll. We are sedentary. We just we sit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yes, you can use it. You know, you go for a run and you're listening to clerical errors while you're running. Okay, great. Um, but uh, but by and large, right? It, it has made us very. By and large, lazy. it's made us by and large. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I'm not. I'm not going to comment. No, I'm staying out of that one. Number ten: texting, Twitter, Snapchat, all those apps. TikTok. TikTok. Oh goodness, don't get me started. Your on favorite. TikTok. Oh, 
it, it's made us essentially illiterate. <laughs> and we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast um, of, of being illiterate. These things have really made us illiterate. Right. I mean, um, we can't even we can't even type out a, a complete sentence or word in a text message. And instead we send, you know, LOL or uh, are you up? Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, you know, um, you know, to the letter or the number two night. You right? pause again. Night spelled incorrectly, too. All right. So we've talked about this in our, our uh, podcast roasting Bert a little bit. Uh mm-hmm. With the the three dot conversation, the ellipsis, um, yes, the ellipsis, where uh, uh, I feel like I feel like uh, these two guys are the only ones that still type like that. <laughs> how many how many times do you get texts from your family that uh, or like uh, you know the younger people, especially Berg are, who Berg who is the laziest texter we anybody knows. Yeah, knows. yeah. <laughs> We've got Berg, who is the laziest texter that likes things to to say that he's going to show up. And then we've got Burns, who is probably doing his minimum keystrokes with his pointer finger. Right? He's probably misspelling things just so he doesn't have to keep pressing buttons. <laughs> we do everything everything shorthand. Um, and and it's it, it, I, that bleeds over then into when we're actually trying to write things and, and do things, right? So, um, and, and read things. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's made us illiterate. Number nine. Smartphones are designed to addict us. Yes. And, and uh, I mean, and that's intentional. And it's, it's, that is not being, that, that's not hidden by, by the makers yeah, of these this things. This isn't the conspiracy theory. No. There is plenty of evidence out there that this is, that, that this is actually their purpose. And app makers are, are, are open about it. Right. I mean, it's it's like you said, it's not a conspiracy. It's not it's not a secret. I mean, it's it's an open thing. Um, and um, th- that I mean, that right there should say something, I think, mm-hmm. or, or, or it does to me anyway, that that if something is, is being given to me, that its intent is to addict me, mm-hmm. then there's a danger. And that's not to say that, uh, um, you know, if you can control that good, um, but. Beware. You got the tiger the tiger by the tail. You got the tiger by the tail. That's right. That's right. Number 8. Ditching the smartphone is an antidote to FOMO, to fear of missing out, right? Mm-hmm. And um uh I th- I think about this, you know, early on when when I, you know, you know, full disclosure, I mean, I had a I had an iPhone for the longest time. Um and and it was it was neat it was new you could do all this great stuff with it uh, but what do people do and this uh, this ties into social media too um, we take pictures of our lunch so that we can share with people what we're eating and it's like who cares like like why <laughs> hey Peter I I just uh, I am really sad that this didn't come out on Father's Day because this is such dad talk right now this really is. <laughs> this is ultimate dad talk we're we're dangerously close to man yells at cloud right. We're like dangerously close. <laughs> I love these guys. Kids these days, they're always on their why does phones. That matter? They look so why, stupid. Why, you know, why do people need to know these things? Well, because we have a fear of, of being you know, ir- irrelevant to people. We have this fear of people not knowing things about us, which kind of ties into something later on with with privacy, right? That um, you know, it 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 just it it uh, the, the the smartphone just kind of uh, exacerbates that. Mm-hmm. And and so to ditch it uh, is an antidote. Now it doesn't completely fix it. Uh, but it, it's a step, right? It's a step to help with that. Number seven. 
Uh, smartphones, and this applies then to your Alexa and all these other smart devices, are listening to you. Yep. And that's creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been in situations... That needs the, the X-Files. All right. Situations ...visiting um, members who have Alexas. Um, you know, and we're talking and all of a sudden a little light comes on, you know, like you've said something that it's, that it thinks it needs to, to listen to Siri, by the way, we're listening to, uh, you know, if you, unless you, you know, eliminate that, um, Hey, wiretap, what's such and such. Right. Right. I mean, the advertising on social media do that. Yeah, right. And, and see, and that's what really got me going on this is that is that social media and big companies, they are they are using now. Maybe I'm getting into conspiracy theory stuff, but I, this is kind of played out in, in our household. You know, we'll be talking about something, not searching it in a search engine. And then you open up the computer or you and, open up your phone. And, and the first the advertisement. advertisement. Right. Mm-hmm. That's creepy to me. And I don't you know, I don't. Hmm. I, I'm not down with that. And the camera too. I mean, how? Yeah. How you know? They they always have those series on uh, um, on TV. Those episodes where uh, where during Christmas time when they bought all those smart TVs with cameras on them, and they're like, the FBI says that you know people can hack these and and be looking at you, and it's right. like, yeah, is that's, that is that really what we what we want in our homes? You know, I mean, that's well, and and Apple knows this is a problem because. They're like, uh, oh, well, you don't have to have anybody, al- you know, allow things on your thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've made a real push on the commercials now that, oh, yeah, we're secure. We don't give your information out. We don't do this. Right. Except you have all the information. Yep, like, exactly. My wife just told me uh, last night, um, I think it was TikTok. Um, they've changed, apparently, they've changed their um, security uh, agreements or whatever those things are called. Um uh, to 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 say that they actually have the right to keep on file pictures of your face. Um, and you know, what are all the, yeah, the pause for the, a sec? The, the new phones doing? You can. Yes. That is actually super warranted. Uh, TikTok is is a Chinese spyware spyware app. It steals everything on your phone, um, and people don't care because it's got funny videos on it. I don't use TikTok. I don't have it on my phone. <clears throat> um, but it was. It was made for the purpose of simply... Oh, I mean, you remember like a few months or years ago, I don't remember how long ago, where the uh, the previous uh, president was looking at banning the app? It, it wasn't because it was just, you know, oh, the kids are enjoying this, you know what I mean? It's, 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 a, it's, an, it's an actual, like, intelligence software platform that is built and maintained by the Chinese government. Hmm. So just so you all know, uh, that that part, what they're saying is a hundred. I'm not, I'm I'm not saying that anything they're saying is wrong here in the podcast, but that part is very, very, very true. Um, Very true. Very true. And unlock them with your face, right? You don't have to put in a passcode anymore. You just hold the camera up to your face and it unlocks your, your phone. And we have companies that can now, save the image of your face why and why why is that necessary and what are they doing with it that they're working on ai i'm sorry that's that's creepy yes so number six smartphone use is intentionally allowing companies to track us and this goes hand in hand with it right i mean you use your gps 
you're you're being tracked. And, right. And and I'll be honest with you. I mean, I when I had a smartphone, I I used that a lot. Um, you know, if I didn't know where I was going, I'd pull that up. It's convenient, and that's the point, right? Convenience uh, allows then these things to to, to happen. Um, and so they're intentionally uh, tracking us. Again, you go back to the the ads, right? You 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 search something. You pull up your phone. You go to Google. You search for you know uh, uh, a Bowflex, right? And, right? and all of a sudden, you've got advertisements for Bowflex everywhere. All I did was type in Bowflex to Google, and now I'm getting all these advertisements. Again, that's that's just a little creepy to me. Uh, why don't you clang and bang? <laughs> don't know Bullflex. Number five. Uh, smartphones further our addiction to instant gratification, mm-hmm. and we really don't need help with that, right? Uh, in our day and age, I mean, um, th- you know, there was there was a day when you when you worked for something to to get something, and you had to wait, you had to save, you had to you know you had to work hard, um, you know. Um, Jacob, right, working, working for seven years, seven for, years for one wife, for one then, wife, and then <laughs> and then the seven years for the, the wife he actually wanted, right? Oh, um, but but you know we're so used to instant gratification, uh, and you know again this this goes with the computer too. I mean I want to know something. Well, and I, I wonder, type it in and I get it. I don't have to like actually open a book and and actually read something mm-hmm. uh, to learn it. I can just get the information right now. Whether that information is accurate or not. Well, and I wonder too if our our lack of obstacles, you know, it physically, have actually made it much harder for us. We're not as resilient mentally either. Absolutely. And that not you know they they have this thing in uh, and I we listen I listen to the Art of Manliness podcast a mm-hmm. lot. Um, they've had a couple episodes there on on physical and mental resilience and how those go together. And they just had one on Sisu, which is a Finnish form of self-reliance, um, actually being comfortable with being uncomfortable mm-hmm. physically. And they are actually some of the happiest people in the world. And they deprive themselves of comfort uh, four to six weeks out of the year. Um, so maybe that's something, too, that maybe we're ha- we're suffering from so many of these mental problems and so much of this mental anguish and turmoil simply because we're not being challenged in any other way and that just kind of internalizes i i keep thinking back to you know the generations before us you know whether it be um you know my dad my my grandfather um you know going back those generations um you know those those men had to do hard things you know this mm-hmm. this goes you know to the art of manliness too um you know we do hard things i i tell my son that you know it, it it's so uh, it's so easy. Well, it's just too hard. I don't want to do it, you know. Um, so we just lay down and, and give up. We don't accomplish things. Uh, and and um, there is no resilience. And I think we've seen that with, with the pandemic and the aftermath, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this is this is too hard or it's too dangerous or, or whatever. Um, and, and so we just don't accomplish other things that are important to do as well, right? Number four. Notifications on our phones are making us neurotic. Yes. Um, you know, you, I've, I've seen this with, with, uh, with, with youth trips, right? You're driving, uh, you know, somewhere with, with, with the youth group and it's, it's late at night uh, and the, the kids are, you know, sleeping in the back of the van or whatever and somebody's phone dings and they all jump up and they look at it and they, you know, they respond or whatever. And it's like there's no time that we are away from these things. And notifications come all hours of the night mm-hmm. and every app 
has a notification. And by golly, you need to know what the weather is at two o'clock in the morning. Now, of course, if there's a tornado, you know, whatever. But, um, but I, and that's uh, a design that they've done. Absolutely. Because as human Pause beings, it. when we are in a group. All right. So I, I don't know about you, but it seems like these guys uh, haven't learned about this newfangled contraption uh, that's in the phone called uh, Do Not Disturb Mode. Mm-hmm. No? Uh, uh, as, no a night, I... as a night shift guy, I uh, make heavy use of Do Not Disturb Mode. You know what that does? That just uh, silences everything? It mutes all notifications except for the ones you've previously allowed through. So, mm-hmm. f- for instance, for me... It mutes everything except it will make uh, calls from people on my contacts list come through because if somebody on my contacts list is calling me in the middle of my night, it must be important. So I, I need to uh, pick it up and answer it because it's a big deal. And I think... Uh, I, I, don't, I don't make use of a do not disturb. I just put it on silent. And then whenever I remember that I have a phone, I check it. <laughs> Ah, yes, of course. <laughs> Which maybe is why the, you've noticed I'm not real fast at answering texts. Maybe not the best in case of emergencies, but <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. Which is why, you know, every few hours I'll check to see if I have any messages or something. And if I go to bed, you know, I don't know. Uh, we need to know what's going on. Right. Um, because this is how we're built. And when you... Uh, and this is the same for email, this is the same for iPhones, that once you get uh, a notification you feel, or a phone call, you feel obligated to respond. That's because, right. Because if someone were talking to you and you didn't respond... It'd be weird. It'd be weird. Yeah, yeah. Only we've taken this face-to-face in, and abstracted it to this sort of level, and so we feel obligated to respond to this stuff. And then when somebody doesn't respond to our stuff, we, we, we think, yeah, it's like, what, oh, man, what, what are do? they... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, and that's and that's absolutely. I mean, that's uh, email is is absolutely right too. I mean, um, uh, you know, you people are so used to having, and this goes to the instant gratification. We want instant reply, instant messenger, right? Mm-hmm. We want we want people to be able to reach us right now uh, and 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 to respond right now. Well, what if you're actually doing something that's important, and you need to be focused on that? So, for example, you know, going back to uh, hey Peter, do you want to hear something funny? Hmm. I was a pastor for five years before I had an email address. Let that sink in. Wow. <laughs> hey, and what was your, what was your, uh, do you remember what your first email address was? Oh, yes, it was at Iowa Connect. It was like, it was like K. Bullhagen or something. What was it? What was the first part? Do you remember? I don't remember. It was, it was something like K. Bullhagen at iowaconnect.com. What we talked about in the last episode. <laughs> Um, right with with sermon writing or reading, mm-hmm. you know these are important things that we need to read deeply. We need to to write clearly and, and to do these things. Well, what I mean, this happens to me all the time. Get a text message, get an email, and, and all of a sudden you're distracted and you're derailed for not just a moment, but for 15 minutes. Right. You know, and and even even if it's just well, I need to quick respond. You know, yes, no, whatever. Well, you've you've been derailed in your train of thought. In, in whatever you are doing and focusing on. And that I think that has a detrimental effect to actually accomplishing mm-hmm. what it is that we're supposed to be accomplishing. They've seen this in the business world too because there was a whole episode on The Art of Manliness about why email, this sort of back-and-forth emails for mm-hmm. different projects, how they're actually getting less done because it's so distracting. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Number three. It replaced, uh, the smartphones have caused us to replace real friendship with virtual friendship, which actually isn't friendship. Yes. And, um, you know, this goes, you know, this plays into social media as well. I, I mean, these two things go hand in hand, right? That, um, uh, you know, we, we, we don't cultivate anymore actual relationships, face-to-face -face relationships where we care for one another uh, in, according to physical need, uh, you know, in addition to, you know, mental and emotional need and all of these kinds of things. Um, and, you know, so we have all of these friends that we, that we communicate with virtually, many of them whom we've never actually met mm -hmm. or, or had any sort of uh, meaningful relationship with. Uh, and, and that becomes an idol in a lot of ways of, you know, how many friends do I have on Facebook or how many followers are on Twitter, or whatever the, the case may be. How many people are Snapchatting with? I feel like this is a generational thing. Uh, I, 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 maybe I'm wrong to say this, but I am very good friends with many people that I have never met. I've multi, multi year friendships. Like one of my, one of my best friends, Kyle, I've known since I was in what a, a junior in high school. It's been what? Eight years since I've been then hanging out with him on the internet. I've never met the dude. He lives over so, in like Alabama or something. Had played with him on video games, and so we were very good friends now. And I've never, never met the dude. I think I've seen his face a couple times, but I've never met him. But you talk. We talk all the time, um, and I would say that most, uh, especially gamers, you just kind of uh, get friends by playing games. It's it's uh it's weird how it works. It's you know. You can just be playing a game. Somebody sends you a link to a Discord server, and suddenly you're chatting to people. It happens all the time, and I, I, they're not the same as as a real life friendship, right? But it doesn't make it any less valid. I, I can I can understand that, um, but as as someone who's never done that, you know, I can see the other point too, because what happens is. I do think sometimes in the real life, because it's easier to make f sometimes friends that way, sometimes it may make it harder for some to make friends in the real world, on the other hand. That may be, but I, I think it's an over-exaggeration to say that people you only know online aren't friends, aren't real friends. Okay. Right? Yeah. And, you know, there's and there's plenty of other situations in which... I mean, look at the past Just year. What and a you're half. saying is, week at the Clerical Heirs podcast, consider Hannah our friend. Right? Yeah, you're. That's a that's a great point. Like we've never met Hannah, not really. She's never we've never even sent her cookies. We've never even sent her cookies. So from what Burns is saying, we're not Hannah's friend. That's not. We're not friends. Sorry, Hannah. Uh, <laughs> and the past year and a half has shown us that too. That um, many many people have been for better or worse, stuck at home. And uh, you've even seen, you know, a lot of people have reconnected with past people too. Or, mm -hmm. you know, and all of this is all virtual stuff that, you know, we're not meeting face-to-face. -face. Oh, we're starting to. Um, I think, I think, yeah, I think that's just a, a little dismissive of uh, Burns here that you can't I, I, I can see. I, I actually can see both sides. Yeah. Because... Because there are, I think, he's 
Burns is probably thinking more in terms of Facebook, where um, that is more a hands-off-ish, where you have 500 friends. And like if you some half of them, if you pass them down the street, you wouldn't even know. That I agree with that, yeah. Uh, so, so I think that's I think that is probably the main because because in Facebook you're not really having conversations, you're doing pithy comments and that kind of thing, um, and it's called friends, even though it's not really friends. So I maybe this is a vocabulary misunderstanding, and I think he's starting to talk on that. Yeah, going into Facebook friends, but yeah, I just wanted to point that out because yeah, I have good I have good good online friends, so. Right. Yeah. And um, um, that, that, that's completely turned on its head uh, any meaning of, of real friendship uh, and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Number two. Smartphones have hindered our ability to communicate. And this, again, goes back to I've kind of already touched on this um, before. Um, we, we don't know how to we don't know how to interact with one another. We don't know how to um, to communicate. We don't know. We don't know how to how to speak. Uh, anymore to have a conversation because we're used to just short little blibs and and you can see this with people we noticed this my wife and I with with laptops even mm-hmm. that uh, you know everybody has a laptop we get together um, and we we sit in the same living room and everybody's got their laptop on there I mean it looks like we're playing battleship right, right. and and somebody'd make a comment at, at that you know they'd realize hey none of us is, are interacting so they'd be like B seven you know like <laughs> miss you know what are we doing why aren't we actually talking doing something together. Mm-hmm. Number one, um, sell it. Number Come on, one reason. Uh, number one, sell it. And number one, uh, to ditch your smartphone, um, to become more actively present in real life. And I think, especially, um, I'm thinking of parents with their children. Um, I can't tell you how upset, not just not at people uh, generally, but thinking of. Uh, myself, uh, using this as a reflection on myself, you know, you take the kids to the park, you take the kids to the beach, um, you, you're doing something as a family, and you look around and you see other families, you know, doing supposedly the same things that you're doing, and so often people are looking at their phones and not engaging. Right. And um, and I think that has a huge detriment um, to our relationships, uh, and, and I think it's... I'm going to pause there. I do think that's, a, one, a very valid point. Number two, I actually in some ways think that is also an age thing where where younger people like your age, they actually get off when they're doing stuff. They actually get off their phone. Yeah. You usually I've, I've noticed that, too, that usually the uh, younger people know when when you should and shouldn't be on your phone. Um, I, we, we made a joke once. I think uh, we had a bunch of family in town. Uh, remember, I don't know if you remember this. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, we had, a, we had a bunch of family in town. We had uh, all the uh, the younger, you know, the cousins are all sitting on one of the table talking, and then uh, we look over and every single adult is on their phone, and all the kids are still talking. Hey, I was with the kids. You were. You're right. You're you're a kid <laughs> at heart. But uh, we giggled about that, and then uh, all the kids made the adults put the phone away, and Grandma had to say, "Oh, wait, wait I just have to do this one thing." <laughs> Yeah, her um, reason was important. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, when we do it, it's not important, but her reason was important. <laughs> All right. It's just not worth it to me. Those are some of the reasons why, you know, I, I in an effort to... Uh... It, by the way, speaking 
from a pastoral point of view. One thing I really like about his top 12 list here is is part of being of the Christian life is to recognize your own weaknesses. Right? Right. When we pray the the, the Lord's prayer, lead me not in lead us not into temptation. Uh, I like the aspect though of recognizing how something could get in the way of what you need to be doing and what is good for you or good for your family and and seeking to avoid it. So um, that that is one that uh, that is one thing. This is a good whatever whether it's a cell phone or whatever it's something else to uh, to actively uh, seek out things and ask you know, is this good for me or is it not good for me? Is it good for those around me or is it not good for those around me? Um, and uh, that that is what really a good discussion to, to always have and to always be thinking about. Yep, and uh, I, I, I want to point out too that uh, thinking in that same manner, you know, I'm I'm not like sitting here trying to trash Burns' list even though I disagree with some of his points, but uh, that that is because I am addicted to my phone. Right. I'm probably <laughs> I'm probably skewed. Right. My opinion's probably skewed because I I enjoy my cell phone. But the so I don't want anybody to listen to this this part of this commentary and be like, oh, Peter, Peter and Burns are really duking it out, you know, because uh, I'm more on the dad talk side. Yeah, anyways. right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the uh, the the voice of the the uh, the millennials, I guess, uh, you know, kind of deal with these things. I got rid of my smartphone and I'm not. I, I don't mean to criticize people with smartphones, um, but I do think. But, it's, I, it's but important. there's something to reflect upon here, right? right? Um, that you're really missing out on a lot of things. You're living an artificial life that is really vacuous and empty. Yeah, uh, and we have enough of that without cell phones, without uh, social media. And and I think these things can also be applied to other other things as well, yeah. right? I mean, it, it the, the the phone becomes kind of a foil um, mm-hmm. you know, for this. No, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. And uh, if you have any questions, comments or concerns, Vicar, where can they reach us? Oh, they could send us smoke signals. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they can email us feedback at clericalerrors.org. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash clerical errors podcast, and on Twitter, clerical at clerical errors P. You could also write a handwritten letter, oh, yeah. a self-addressed stamp, you know, uh, yes, all we, that, all we that appreciate stuff. epistles. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Send an old school text message with Morse code. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's, uh, Burns has another, uh, article that he's brought in. Um, so We'll do another uh, Burns Book Club. Peter, <laughs> play the intro. It's book time with Burns. That's right. <laughs> so, um, uh, I read an, uh, an article recently in the uh, Concordia Theological Quarterly, uh, Volume 85, number one, January 2021, um, by. Uh, uh, is it Dr. Kuntz? Dr. Dr. Kuntz. Dr. Kuntz has yep. doctor. Okay, yeah. Right. Um, Reverend Professor Dr. Adam C. Kuntz, um, Assistant Professor of Exegetical Theology at Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Also our alma mater for everybody here. Uh, and, Indeed. And Bullhagen as well. Um, and uh, Dr. Kuntz has uh, uh, written an, um, uh, an article here on Reinhold Pieper. Uh, it's entitled, Speak as the Oracles of God, Reinhold Pieper's Classical Lutheran Homiletic. And... Um, uh, honestly, I, 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 in reading this article, um, 
I became very hopeful that somebody will translate this, uh, Reinhold Pieper's uh, homiletic uh, text, um, which to my understanding is not translated. Right. And homiletics here is talking about sermon producing. Sermon producing. Right. Thank you. Um, you know, um, how, to, how to formulate your, your, your sermon. Um, uh, Reinhold Pieper was a, uh, he was president of uh, CTS way back in the day, right? When I was in Springfield, um, When I was right? in Springfield, that's right. Um, he, uh, he passed away in, in 1920. Uh, so he was born, uh, was born in, uh, 1850s. He lived from 1850 to, to 1920. Uh, he was born in Pomerania, um, came to the United States, um, went to college. It was, um, the college of Wisconsin Synod and, uh, then to, um, to St. Louis, uh, to the seminary. He served several parishes and, uh, and then was also called to the seminary to be a professor. And shortly after getting there, um, um, he uh, he became uh, president of uh, of the seminary, and um, and it's interesting because his two brothers are are way more famous way more famous than him right right. Uh, Franz Pieper is the one who wrote our dogmatics textbook that we use today, still, uh, and his brother August Pieper became president of the uh, Wisconsin Senate and was a seminary professor there. Very uh, very influential in his uh, commentary on Isaiah and also his great article on human domination in the church, mm. which is a fantastic article. So I have to read that. I'm not, I'm not familiar with that one. It is. It is amazing. Yeah. All right. Um, so one of the things about uh, Dr. Pieper is that um, he was a student of Walther. And and we, we spoke a little bit in the last podcast about, um, you know, Berg, you brought up um, – the the book Long Gospel, the lectures on, on Long Gospel, uh, and your conv- can I say conviction um, mm-hmm. that that it's not meant to be a uh, a homiletics textbook, and um, uh, I hope I'm not speaking out of term and out uh, out of turn and saying I think Dr. Kuntz shares that uh, that mm-hmm. that same sentiment, um, but but Walther of course did have uh, homil- you know a homiletic um, teaching which is based on and and what um, uh, Pieper also presents which. As you go back further into Lutheran Orthodoxy in reading uh, Gerhard and so forth, um, they also present then the, the, the fivefold uh, use of application, right? Um, Which uh, is a great article by Dr. Ben Mays. Uh, and you can find all of these things uh, if you uh, Google the uh, media CTSFW. Yeah. So if you Google that, all of these articles are online that you can read for yourselves if you so choose. And the Mays article was in 2020 or 2019. I want to say it was, 2019. Okay, late 2019. Maybe yeah. I should have brought that one along uh, as well. It was it was fairly recent. You know, these are they're what they're four volumes a year. They're they're uh, come out four times a year, I think, or right, or they're supposed to. Sometimes they yeah. come out <laughs> all at once. Um, but uh, but but uh, Peeper. Um, uh, Pieper, his homiletic there um, in, in teaching his students um, really picks up on that. And that's not to, you know, and, and Berg, you mentioned this last time, um, this isn't a, a, an anti-long gospel um, uh, way of writing sermons. Right. But, but rather um, it, is, it is, you know, using long gospel in, uh, within this, but also the, the, the application of, uh, of, of, of the scriptures, that it doesn't become this... Um, uh, kind of this cookie cutter, you know, um, first half of the sermon is all law. Second half of the sermon is all gospel. And then, you know, just kind of saying the same thing. One of the, the big things that he emphasizes here is, is the text 
actually dictating the form of the sermon, right? Um, and and uh, it, it, how it how it's how it's preached, um, um, you know how how you you structure um, your your sermon outline, right? That uh, that the given text that you're preaching on actually actually dictates how that's going to go, uh, and, and allowing the, the 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 scripture text to to make those decisions for you. Um, and uh, so he says here. Um, um, I just thought of an illustration for that. Yeah. Modern sermons are kind of like hamburger. You just throw the beef into a uh, into a grinder and you just grind it up and then, you know, you just got kind of this mush that you can form, kinda form into any way that yeah. you like. But the uh, but the older way of, of composing sermons is like true butchery where, it, yeah, and you've done a lot of butchery, right? Yeah. Being from Montana. And how do you... Uh, I mean, how do you butcher? You're very methodical, you know, separating, <laughs> separating cuts of meat from from others, right? Um, you know, you're, you're and you have to do it according to the shape of the animal, right? 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 And I think that's one thing that we can we should actually learn is that you can't make the same cuts on a cow that you make on a deer, right? Um, it the contours of the animal actually influence how you cut that meat. Now, how many of you listening to this actually thought that you were going to hear about butchering animals today? You're Not welcome. me. <laughs> you bird, guys are welcome. Bird. It's good. So that's, a, that's a good illustration. You. Right? Um, uh, one of the things um, uh, said here is, is uh, the pastor's delivery must have at least two elements indispensable to preaching, the exposition of Scripture and the application of Scripture, mm-hmm. which goes back to then what we were talking about before in the, the last podcast, right? The, the necessity of being able to explicate the texts, to, to actually take the time. And I guess this goes back to the, I think anyway, maybe I'm you know, making stuff up here, but, but to the top 12 list, right? Taking, mm-hmm. slowing down and actually studying the text, um, reading it deeply, um, uh, you know, uh, not just kind of, uh, you talked about last time uh, a cursory reading, which has value, mm-hmm. but also then a deep methodical reading. Right. That um, you know those two things. Not that not that uh, curse, a cursory reading is is bad, but that isn't really how a pastor should be going about his uh, his exegetical work right. in a text. It's one half of what he should be doing. On right. A daily on basis. a daily basis. Right. And um, unfortunately. Um, so often, and you know, we can look at time constraints. We can look at all this stuff. I think pastors can very easily slip into cursory reading. You know, um, things happen early on in the week, so or, we got to got to speed this up, right? Or or, or no cursory, reading. or no cursory reading, right? Um, so um, uh, you know, it, but but these things are are really essential to 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 producing a sermon, to proclaiming a sermon. Um, another thing that uh, that he emphasizes. Here is, um, you know, that, that, that the sermon is not written to be, you know, just a, a, a lecture, if you will. That, that's not the word that, that was used. But, uh, um, you know, writing, writing of a manuscript, which, which he advocates, um, is not then something that um, uh, becomes just something that you read. And, and we were talking about this uh, off, off the, the recording, um, but that it becomes something that, that you actually proclaim. So that there's part of the work, part of the work is, you know, studying the text. Applying the text. This goes back to something you said last time too, Berg, about uh, applying it uh, to the contemporary hearer, right? Um, to the here and the now. Um, and so making that application uh, according to the, the fivefold use of the application, and um, uh, but then also um, uh, another step in that is is learning your own manuscript, 
so that you then can proclaim it, uh, so that you can, um, uh, you know, preach it in in a way that the people are engaged. And this goes back again to the structure, right? Structure is helpful so that the people can follow along, right? Right. Uh, not it, it's helpful for you so that you know what you're saying, uh, you know what to to be emphasizing. Um, you know how to say things. This goes back again to letting the text dictate that. You know that if if something is uh, you know exciting, if you will, that's a bad word, but um, that that you engaging. proclaim it, engaging that you that you proclaim it in such a way that is that is engaging, that is exciting. You know um, that that your tenor um, also becomes a, an interpretation there, so that you then you you write it uh, and you you practice it, um, so that you know your manuscript, so that you. Uh, that you can proclaim it, um, that you spend time to, he says here, to memorize the memorization of the manuscript um, of, of what you're going to proclaim. Um, and, uh, you know, I think uh, I, would, I would love to see uh, somebody translate this so that, that, that we might have, um, you know, this treasure for our preachers right. um, to, to re-engage or, or to engage for the first time something that is, that is in our history that, I mean, I had never heard. I'll pause that right there. That is such a clerical error thing to do. Someone should do that for us. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Anna, can you translate that for us? Uh, I mean, Burns, be the change you want to see in the world, man. Like, you got it. <laughs> uh, why don't you use your smartphone and Google Translate it? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> heard of this before reading this article. Uh, I hadn't either. And, um, you know, and yet, what a... What a what a great uh, what a great piece to um, you know to have to be able to uh, uh, to engage with uh, and and uh, and this goes back uh, again to some of the things that we uh, noted in in the um, the book we talked about on the last episode too um, and 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 you know engaging those those texts um, uh, that was one thing Gordon emphasized right is is engaging the text and proclaiming the text right right um, so and, and we have this right within our tradition. It, we don't have to look anywhere else yeah, for it. Yeah, this forgotten treasure. Right. We we have it. We have it right from our fathers uh, to to be to be received from them, and and I think we need to reengage those things. Amen. Well, very good. Uh, we will continue with confound the clerics. Peter, play the intro. Confound the clerics. All right. Uh, we have a question here uh, from uh, a dedicated listener. And she writes, Dear clerics, I appreciate the podcast and the insight I've gained listening to the show. In the last episode, you spoke of excusing peop- uh, the ex- of excuses people have for either not being in church or not actually listening and inwardly digesting the pastor's sermon, and I felt extraordinarily convicted. I do my best to make sure my family is in church on Sunday, but it is rare that I actually hear a sermon. Between babies and our small children, it is a full-time job keeping them participating in quiet so as not to disturb or distract the other members. I used to take notes, but that isn't possible anymore. I don't want to make excuses. I want to train my children and set an example for them, but I always feel so saddened when church is over and I feel like I missed it. People often remark that it's just a phase, but we also have a child with special needs that may never be able to fully participate or sometimes even tolerate attending church in the same way. Would it be wrong to find another service during the week to attend by myself so that I might feel fed too? I would appreciate any advice. Thanks in advance. A frazzled mom. Hmm. Yeah, I can just say um, uh, you are certainly not alone in this. Um, that's not getting to your question yet, but just be assured that um, 
you are not alone in those same feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've heard this from a number of, of mothers, especially, um, you know, as uh, pastors out there, I think can relate to this, especially since, uh, you know, we're in, we're in the chancel, we're preaching and our, our dear wives are wrestling their children. Right. And they're, you know, um, you know, they're dealing with it, um, alone without the, our help. Um, and, um, I, you know, I think this is something that happens to, to a lot of, a lot of parents. I do think there is something to the, the, the phase aspect, at least kind of generally speaking. Um, but, uh, there's always going to be those distractions. Um, would it be wrong to find another service during the week? Um, no, I mean, um, you know, we should be always about hearing the word of God. And, um, you know, I think, um, it behooves us pastors to provide some of those opportunities, mm-hmm. you know, to, to hear the proclamation of, of the word yeah, of God. Um, um, yes. And, and that said too, you don't, uh, to this per this listener, um, you could also, most churches now, especially post COVID, uh, record all their services. Uh, so maybe you could go back and you could listen to the same service as well. Like, um, maybe not exactly the same if there's, you know, I feel like a, a, going to another service is probably going to be more beneficial for you. But if it's easier, like if it's easier to uh, find yourself, you know, half an hour to listen to a sermon that was recorded earlier, then I think that's just as valid. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good point. I guess another thing that I would uh, su- I would uh, suggest is ask your pastor for his manuscript. Absolutely. Or if he's not recording it, because you know your your duties as a mom too are probably not going to give you enough time to be able to attend a service during the week. Right? Maybe I I don't know your situation, um, but uh, yeah, to be able to uh, go back and to be able to participate in the life of the church. Um, in that way, is it, it is a real blessing, and it seems you really miss it. And that's that's a- the, another thing that that I think is an issue with that is not only does it affect how a mother maybe hears or participates in the service, because a mom, you know, your mom, Peter, there are many many Sundays where by the end of the service she's at her wit's end, you know, overwhelmed. And there's an aspect of a, the being part of the community of the church where you not only miss hearing it or reading it, you know, you miss uh, the hymns and singing it with a clear mind and all those things. So so I would also then su- suggest uh, um, making sure is trying to get some of those things at home, uh, trying to find social interactions within the church um, outside of Sunday morning so that you have more of those relationships built. Um, because it can be a lonely place as well. Maybe do um, like a play date or something. Right. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, talk to, you know, talk about the sermon at home with the family or someone else as well. Yeah. Good thing. You have a hunger and thirst right. for righteousness. And and, and don't, don't be discouraged. Um uh, you know, or, or, or tempted to then just say, well, it, it's not worth it because what you're doing as a mother and bringing your children to church, mm-hmm. um, is, is a huge deal. 
That right. is that is what you are to be about. Um, that is the that is the vocation that God has given to you, uh, and it sounds like you are faithfully carrying that out. Um, and so your sacrifice there um, is is not um, not it's it's, not it's in, going to bear fruit. Yeah, it's not in vain. You know, it's not in thank you. It's not in vain. Um, you know, the widows might right. I mean, it's it it it, it seems small, um, but it it accomplishes great things. And I would also uh, rem- you know also remind yourself too that. Although you may not at this time be able to get as much out of the sermon as you might like to, uh, God has graciously and super abundantly given you many other means uh, by which you can receive his forgiveness and grace. Uh, And one of those very personal applications is uh, the Lord's Supper, uh, which, you know, you receive on your tongue. And and hopefully, uh, God willing, uh, your congregation, if it's not already there, is moving towards uh, more frequent communion. Um. Remember, too, the readings. Uh, uh, maybe even private confession and absolution would be uh, a very good thing for you because it, it seems like, you know, you're, you're struggling with some very, very important things here. And uh, I think it's good to talk to your pastor, and he might be able to find very good ways to help you right. uh, through. Well, one thing is to simply, um, no pastor, every pastor would be happy to say, if you were to go up to your pastor and say, hey, what was your sermon about? I wasn't able to listen. Or maybe you got a, a glimpse of it, a little bit snippet of it that you'd like to know more, simply ask him. Uh, you know, he's always happy to talk about what he what he preached, for sure. You know, because you do mention that you have a kid that has special needs, and that is very difficult. And, uh, you know, I... That's that's a hard one. I mean, you're right. He may never grow out of that, and uh, and I don't know what that looks like for you. Um, but your pastor will do everything in his power to try and help you. And, and maybe a, and, and some kind of practical ideas too, right? I mean, if if you're uh, if your your congregation is following a lectionary, um, um, you know, you could um, you know look at those readings beforehand. So that you kind of have an idea of what's what's going to be read, or or afterwards, or both of, of what was read. Um, you know, Pastor Berg mentioned getting getting a sermon manuscript, which I would assume your pastor would be happy to give to you mm-hmm. to go back and to uh, and to you know reread, rethink uh, on these things, meditate on them. I'm going to interject uh, just one more time here, and that is um, to encourage uh, uh, the mother who who wrote this um, that to remind you that. Your faith does matter. Your faith, ma- because as you raise your children, um, a mother of faith um, is Im- is important. So, so simply making sure your kids hear um, and, and and are trained is 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 very very important. But also having their mother also be encouraged and nourished in the faith. So, if there are times where you have to be a little selfish in hearing God's word, remember, you're doing that for your kids as well. You're doing that for your children as well. And so it might feel selfish once in a while to maybe hand off your kids to someone else or to have time on your own to, to listen, but it's, it's not because uh, your faith is very important to your children as well. And so in that process, do not put that on the back burner, and which you do reflect in the question, which I appreciate, but your faith is very important for your children as well. And so don't ever feel like it's being selfish or, or in, in that kind of way 
to make sure you're being fed. Even though it's very difficult to do. And really, we should all be doing that, right? Because mm-hmm. um, we're always there's always going to be distractions. Um, uh, in and these you're things. simply not going to catch every single right. thing either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you know, don't be discouraged in in those things. And and being in church um, uh, it is never without fruit. You know, the the liturgy is proclaiming the scriptures. The re- the readings are being heard. We talked about the hymns before. Um, you know, are 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 proclaiming and. Um, um, the Lord is preserving is preserving you. Amen. Well, I think that uh, pretty much brings us to the end of our episode today. Uh, it wasn't overly long like the last one, so uh, and we don't have the uh, producer here to uh, get mad at us. Ah, <laughs> are you are you mad, producer? <laughs> well, we've added a little bit of length here. I know it's going to be a long. Yeah, but this is actually be a long one now. It reminds me of uh, what is it? Percy Berg would know this. What is uh, the old TV show where they would play the movie? They'd watch a movie, but it'd be like two guys watching the movie. It's like Mystery Science Theater. Oh, know. Mystery Science Theater? It could be. I don't know. I've never watched it. Okay. All right. Well, what do you think they're, how do you think they're going to end this? How do, What's going to be their tag? Oh, gosh. Mayor. It's probably going to be something super boring. No, I think it's going to be amazing. I think it'll we'll be, it'll be. Mayor phones be dumb, I think is what he's going to say. <laughs> I'm Berg. I'm Burns. I'm Vicar. And I'm Bullhagen. And I'm Peter. And may your peepers be famous. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.